Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. Welcome to Modern Rifleman Radio, episode 96. I'm your host, Brian Bolivar, and I have a special group of guests tonight. I have most of the Slamfire crew. We've got Gabriel. Hey. Matthew. Hey. And we've got Kelly. Hey. We'll have to slack her Trevor out of this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, easy. <laughs> well, he's not here. We we don't all like Trevor anymore. Well, that's well, not true. Did we ever? <laughs> That's cold. <laughs> so, so welcome to the show, Brian. Yeah. Wait, um, wait a minute. No, wait. Uh, no. Oh, oh, did I do this wrong? Yeah. Is, did Did I get confused? You You might wow. have. I but I practiced and everything. You did. Sorry. Yeah, that went. Right. That, no, we're gonna we're number. gonna cut this and, and start over, or just roll with it. You know me. I don't cut. Okay. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, this is um, this is episode one hundred ninety nine point five of Slamfire Radio. There we go. We 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 had um a little snafu, and uh, so the official two hundredth episode will still be live, but it'll be next week. Um, so and yeah. it'll be minus one person. Well, that <laughs> that's yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> I mean, I guess we might as well just say it because I mean, it's, so. We were gonna do the show tonight, and Trevor couldn't make it. And basically, um, he he was upset that we were gonna go ahead and do it anyway. And so he yeah. said, "Fine, screw you guys. I'm going home." That's like Cartman or something. I don't know. Anyway, so he said he's he's not gonna come back for a while, if ever. Yeah. So. Which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah. And, and, yeah, he, yeah. So, anyway, whatever. We'll, we're we'll just going to carry on. As yes. if we were normal. And next week, I uh, will be the live show. And yep. hopefully, um, everything goes smoother, Lear. Smoother, Lear? <laughs> it, That's it, can't, yes. it can't go less smoothly. It can't go less smoothlier than this it is right now. Because. No, no, I meant, I meant you're just, yeah, because I was talking with Trevor a little bit too. And yeah, it didn't go, it wasn't good. It, oh. No. Well, is he mad at you for you coming on? Because we well, had to find a replacement pretty um, quick, and you said sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I didn't really talk to him about it because. Okay. No, he was ranting. No, no, let's not. Let's not go there. No. Okay. Go, cool but let's All just right. one. Forge ahead. All right, forge ahead. So, um, Adriel, what have you done? Yo. Oh, let's see. I was supposed to. <laughs> I was supposed to get out and shoot my Stoger and try it out, but. Uh, Family stuff got in the way, so I did a bunch of kids stuff instead of testing my Stoger. So I still don't know if it's going to be reliable or not. Uh, I'm hoping to get out this weekend and uh, and bust some clays, but <laughs> we'll see. Um, I've got a couple of new guns coming in for review. I believe one of them is going to be the uh, the Browning uh, shotgun, their semi-auto shotgun. So we'll see how that so, goes. So you might finally get a hold of a shotgun that is reliable. <laughs> 
Oh, I've got lots of other stuff that I've tested that's that's been like excellent and, and reliable. The 1301, I, I really like that one. But uh, but the price, like the, the the price of those things, is way way up there now because of the uh, change between U.S. dollars and uh, and Canadians. So uh, I'm kind of uh, I'm kind of, uh, I don't really want to spend fifteen hundred dollars on one. So I don't know. Um, mm. Yeah, so I got some some guns coming in for review. Uh, I sent out another batch of patches and stickers. So uh, oh. if you didn't receive yours before, I resent some out, and uh, all our new patrons should have. Uh, have those on the ra- on the way, and uh, our club, uh, our, our three gun club. So we, we did our first match this season. It was awesome. Uh, I think for our next uh, match, we're uh, we're just going to do something a little bit more special. We might actually do it uh, more often. Uh, we're going to move to uh, doing like a, a a little bit of like a maple seed thing on more of the stages, where you're using your your twenty your typically like a semi auto twenty two rifle, but we'll allow people to run a pistol or whatever. Cool. Uh, so. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna what we're gonna try to do is more of the stages. We're gonna throw in a twenty-two in there. Um, th- I think this is gonna be one of the first four-gun uh, uh, clubs in Canada. So we're hoping that uh, you know it's gonna make it a little bit more approachable. Uh, it's gonna add a little bit of more dynamic uh, dynamics to the to the stages themselves. And uh, you know, hopefully, we can get in some of that uh, some of that twenty-two action. So it's really good. I think uh, I think it's gonna be really cool. Very uh, unique stage designs as well. That sounds like fun, they- anyway. Who's doing yeah. it? Who's doing the uh, stage designs? Well, I, I, I'm doing one of the uh, one of the ones for the 100, and uh, uh, one of the other guys from our from our club is doing another uh, stage design for the uh, for the 100 as well. So yeah, it should be cool. So you'll be doing rifle, shotgun, pistol, and 22 rifle. I think is what most people will use, and uh, yeah, it should be interesting. That's pretty neat. Four gun. Yeah, yeah. So, so this is sort of like making a long range stage without having a long distance range to shoot on. Is that sort of where I'm, where I'm yeah, getting from? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. we're going to use cool. the uh, maple seed targets and uh, and pop those out there, so that we'll have uh, some smaller stuff to shoot at that'll simulate that lo- those longer uh, longer shots. But we'll cool. be able to do it all nice and tight. That's cool. Cool. Thanks for yeah. doing that. Yeah, that's Neat. about uh, that's yeah. about it for me. Okay, Kelly. All right. I am still sick, so I haven't been doing much other than working and coughing. So that's hmm. me. Yeah. Uh, but I did go to the range on Saturday, and we shot this month's challenge for Maple Seed. It is a little difficult. Uh, I forgot how it is. Uh, difficult yes. it is. But it was also fun. And uh, also went to SFRC on Saturday as well. They are opening up a bigger part of their store. Did you guys see that online at all? I didn't, no. No, they're posting pictures about uh, the new area that they're going to be opening up. They've expanded it. It's going to be like three or four times the size. Cool. So, And that's it for me. Not much. As I said, I've been been pretty sick. So, Uh, Hmm. Brian, what about you? Oh boy, I've been busy and well let's see, what did I do? I, I bought a few SKS rifles. And I, had, <laughs> I had them I had them, I had them all refinished. All refinished. I did one in gold because that's oh, yeah, yeah. because it's stylish. Yes. We're there is gold. something from this show. I think you're bringing it, Brian. Uh, yep. You're adding yeah. adding to and the value. I, you know what? I'm not gonna ask what that is. I'm just gonna go with that as a compliment and roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> We'll do that for sure. Probably my best bet. Um, uh, in in um, a little more serious uh, sh- shooting stuff, um, I did put a new trigger in my Sig P320. 
Uh, just when I was down in the States, I, I found a deal on one of the Apex triggers. So it's uh, it's one of the flat blade triggers. Oh, uh, cool. And I thought, okay, I'll try it because it was really decently uh, priced. Oh, my gosh, what a difference it makes. I I did I had I've never used one before and it it's so nice to have just a flat almost a flat plate to put your trigger finger on so there's like no way really for me to put any side pressure on the trigger at all um so I think it's going to work out pretty well for me but That's pretty we have cool. to yeah like I mean even up in Canada it's it's a $100 uh add-on and it took me more time to break the pistol down than it did to install the trigger. So <laughs> took you more time to break open the clamshell packaging. Uh, almost, yeah, <laughs> something like that. So I'm I'm pretty impressed with that to start. Um, let's see, what else did I do? Oh, I did sell a shotgun to a French guy who's has a nickname that's based on food, and that's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, and the reason I did that is to generate some funds so that I could buy a new scope for my new service rifle rifle, and that got purchased the other day and I'm waiting for that to get delivered so what's your uh, new service rifle rifle well I I had a I, di- I did a mistake and I panicked about something and I went and bought a rifle uh, a kind of a Franken rifle off of CGN um, but with a, a Rainier Arms uh, select barrel mm-hmm. 20 inch so um, and it's the upper is nice for me being left-handed in that it doesn't have the forward assist so I can activate the charging handle without having to fight the uh the four assist being oh, in my way nice. so it it kind of it kind of is so um so this has got a, a heavier weight barrel than my colt say and it's free floated uh it is it's free floated now because i put the cheapest free float rail i could find on it <laughs> and it works it's free floated yeah. um and uh a couple other things so i'm just making it more of a more of a gamer type rifle than say my colt is right um and f- and it's going to have a, a higher power scope. I bought a um, a uh, Vortex four to sixteen uh, yeah. by forty four. So um, in, in in Milrad. So uh, I probably won't need a spotting scope at the range <laughs> when I, or when probably I'm shooting not. at nationals. Yeah, probably, right. probably all fine. Um, that being said, I spent uh, a bunch of money on my spotting scope and my stand so that I can make that more useful. So I may actually use it anyway, just cause. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see. Um, then let's see, last weekend I went to Milkun, which is a range about an hour and a half away from me, um, run by some folks who are involved in service rifle type stuff. And I got to do some pistol shooting and got to take the new rifle back to, uh, I think we finished out at 600 yards. So to get my zero. So that, that worked out really well for the, uh, for a fun day on the range. Uh, one of the other cool things we did is we had to, it was supposed to be a, a snowshoe and shoot uh, event, but snow is thankfully snow, snow. going away. So it was a boot and shoot. <laughs> um, but we had like a 3K hike in and a 3K hike out. And uh, because I've been going to the gym pretty regularly since Christmas or before Christmas, that was not a problem. I cool. felt great. So uh, the cardio is working for me. So hopefully that's going to pay some dividends um, as I... Uh, as I move towards the uh, service rifle season um, and heading up to nationals in August. So yeah, it's amazing how, uh, how cardio it, it doesn't take long to get it back, but if you don't have it, it's amazing how little you have of it. Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I, yeah, I was down to, uh, down to none of it. Um, so, uh, and part, part of that was, uh, too, I'm also carrying a lot less weight than I was too when, uh, before I started going to the gym. So that helps. So, all those things together, adding cardio, reducing the load on my 
on my joints is a. And is that good... because you went to polymer mags instead of metal mags? Ah, uh, <laughs> no, that costs a little more weight than that. No, I'm not quite Matthew skinny, but right, I'm, yeah, I've dropped a lot of weight, so you don't want to um, get Matthew skinny. I don't want to get Matthew anything. No. Nope. No, no. And then other other than that, I've been all of a sudden I've been dealing with club politics for my local club. Oh, it's isn't fun. That fun. It's awesome. Hmm. And that's all I'm gonna say about that because hmm. I just don't need to. It'll just make me angry, and then I'll I'll break my mic or something. You're really so. fitting in well. You're replacing Trevor <laughs> very nicely. You you did a lot. You talked for a long time. About, oh, uh, and I and I cut this off. Like I could have talked a yeah. lot more, but I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna ease into the role. Yeah. And, and you're you resorting know? to violence right away as soon as you get angry, which is. Hey, uh, I didn't threaten to stab anybody. No, I, but you know, I, yes. I like I, it's a it's a subtle turn, but it's a you know it's good. You know, your inanimate objects are being the focus of your rage instead of me. Well, again. Um, <laughs> well, so that's you know, Matt, I don't think I need to ever say that you're the focus of my rage. It's sort right. of a given. Ah. Right. <laughs> yes. Anyway, um, speaking of rage and you, what what have you done again? Oh, I was so angry. No, not angry at all. I don't know. I was trying to make rage fit in there, but it didn't work. That's one of the things I hate about you. You're never angry. Uh, yeah, it's a curse, really. It isn't. Yeah, I know. It's terrible. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so apparently, um, the AFG that Trevor sent me, I don't need or want anymore. <laughs> really? So that's going to be a kick in the pants for him so he'll like that why, so yeah, I took why it off. don't why why well why did you take it off here's the thing the par has those rail covers and the first yes. time i took them off and i tried pumping the rifle without the rail covers it was hard in the hands because the pump was still rather stiff and yes. uh you had to i mean those rails will dig into you great traction great gription yes uh, not much slippage but uh, it was going to be yes. covered in blood quickly if uh, if I didn't do something about it. So I went back. I to don't the rail see covers. a downside to this. <laughs> you being doesn't bother me at all. No. So I wanted to try like a ladder cover or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's bigger than a ladder cover. It's like a big round sort of rail cover. It really yeah, the, beefs up the grip. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. The covers that come with the gun are are pretty beefy. Yeah, the, yeah. the ones that just well, slide into the slots would have been much better, I think. Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless, I got the AFG because I wanted to to get that gription down, and it did. Yeah, it was great, but it didn't put my hand in the right spot. I just didn't nope. like exactly where it was. It's uncomfortable. And what's that? It's uncomfortable. Yeah, I just it just I didn't feel natural using it. I I messed around with it at first, and it felt good at first. But then, as I continued to practice with it and play around with it, I just decided that no, it's just I just don't like it. So I took it off. And I mean, my pump has slicked right up. Like it's super smooth now, just from from use. So, I I don't need I don't need to put the rail covers back on, and the rails are not digging in. Like they're it's not I don't have to put in so much force that I'm tearing up my hands. So, I uh, I just took it off, and it feels better with it off. It looks better with it off. I don't like the I didn't really like the way that the rail covers looked or the AFG really. I don't mind the look of an AFG, but it just didn't sort of fit on the PAR all that well. So anyway. uh, now, tr- now Matt, just, just to give a counterpoint to, to the listeners, I have an, I have a par as well. And what I've done is I put a vertical, a short vertical, um, uh, foregrip on yeah. the bottom of the pump. Yeah. So then, and it fits in between my, uh, forefinger and index finger. Like I kind of wrap those fingers uh, around yeah, it. Yeah. That could work. Yeah. And then that way it gives me, I, I find with the rifle where, where I need a little bit of extra uh, grippage is closing the action on a round. 
Right. Um, so that gives me something to push against. I, I've never had a problem opening the action, but sometimes uh, closing, closing it, it can mm. be a bit of a. So it might be something you might might want to think. About, yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm taking the PIR out this week or early next week. And I'll be putting mm-hmm. some rounds through it. So I will definitely be investigating that. And if I feel that uh, I'm not getting a good forward punch on that, then, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that might be an option. The, you could also maybe go with the uh, Magpul hands. Uh, I think it's a hand stop. And basically your hand fits between two protrusions that come down. Oh, yeah, they're really uh, small, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, that might, might work. work perfectly. Yeah, yeah, that might work Just very an perfectly. Yeah. And and I'm going to be ordering some more Magpul stuff here shortly anyway. And that's the next thing I'm going to talk about is I – have a Magpul Mo grip, MOE grip on my AR. And mm-hmm. I was playing with my PAR. And I'm like, why does this grip feel so much different? And so, oh, it's because it's just a standard AR grip. So yep. I took the, um, is it Mo or MOE? Can I say Mo? I th- Go ahead. All right. So I took the Mo grip off the AR and put it on the PAR. And oh, what a difference. Feels so much better. I just like the Magpul grip. So I'm getting another one for the AR. So the AR will have one as well. Um, and I'm also, uh, thinking about and I'm I'm looking for some feedback on this the Magpul Glock mags I need a couple new mags I broke one at the end of last dipstick season and I'm I'm going to replace the one that I broke with two just because two is more than one and one is not as many as two so I thought two would be good but I'm not sure to go with actual factory Glock mags or get these Magpul mags the Magpul mags are what $13 cheaper and I'm getting two of them so I'd save 25ish bucks so is mm-hmm. 25-ish bucks worth getting the Magpul ones? Are they actually cheaper? Are they going to work as well? Any listeners who have experience with these, feel free to send me an email. Let me know how they work. And, and what about you guys? What do you guys know about them? I've seen people running them and no no issues, really. Yeah? yeah. I, I understand there was an issue when they first came out, and yes. Magpul quickly said, hey, give us those back. Yes. They're screwed. We're going to fix this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, yeah, I'm not worried I, about that because that, that, that issue is over. But um, yeah, I, well, I just didn't well, know if any yeah. new issues popped up. Yeah, no. I, but what I mean is Magpul makes good stuff and they stand behind it. So mm. if they're out, out in the wild, they're working. That's my yeah. gut feel. I have heard that they don't drop free as nicely as the factory mags. They don't. Just, I have some and I run them and they don't they don't drop it. You have to put some weight on them because they're they're a little lighter. Yeah, I don't want any weight on them. I like my guns I know. light. So. <laughs> well, just sand sand the inside of your uh, magwell, and it'll, it'll be yeah. fine. How? <laughs> put some, put, some, put those uh, dr- steel base plates on them or something. No, we're not allowed. I'm in production class in Ipswich. I can't do anything oh. to my gun. No, but you can use a Dremel on the inside of your magwell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's a good idea. Get a Dremel yeah. in there. And Grinder. A, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Just like. Yeah, yeah, what you just do, like Adriel you, does with this. Yeah, you use a grinder to cut to cut the the your grip in half. Oh, yeah, like, I'll cut the grip off, and then I can get into it, and then I'll just glue it back together. Actually, you know what? If you cut the grip off and just use the magazine as a grip, it'll drop free because there's nothing to hold it. <laughs> there there's no go. friction. Now we're talking. I'm just gonna get a bunch of Glocks, cut the grips off, and glue them to the outside of the mags, and then I'll just drop the whole grip and replace the grip with a fresh <laughs> mag grip. I'll call it a mag yeah. grip. <laughs> you could, like technically, you could, as long as there's enough, you leave enough of the grip where the where Just the latch is there. for the magazine. Yep. You yep. could, you could. Run with that. <laughs> no, that's allowed in Nipsic, though, definitely. But you know, putting a base plate on the bottom, not allowed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we didn't take yeah. this too far. No, uh, no, that wouldn't be consistent. Yeah. Just a little light sanding. That's all. Yeah. 
I'll think yeah. about it. I, I might get one and try it, and if I like it, I'll get another one, but I might just get the Glock mags, too. I don't know. I mean, for the extra $13, it's not that big a deal. You could just put Slipstream in the mags. Yeah, I don't like my guns all dirty and slimy. and Yeah, because that'd be great for gripping my gun. Bunch of Slipstream all over my hands. <laughs> 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 Bang! If gun hits me in the forehead from the recoil, because it comes right out. Well, Slipstream oh. works, folks! <laughs> Oh, you're looking for ideas that are a benefit to you. Oh, sorry, I mis I misunderstood how this uh, game works. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So moving on, I got shipped to me a Mantis X training system, and it arrived this week, and I've been playing with it for the last couple of days, and it's pretty cool. You like it? Be- huh? I I do. You, you it, like it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's it gives instant feedback, and it lets me know if I press a trigger right. I mean, that's basically all it is. It's it turns dry fire into something a little closer to live fire because when you when you live fire, if the bullet hits in the center, you've done everything right. Well, I don't know that I did everything right in dry fire because nothing's coming out at the end of the gun. But with this, it tracks my trigger press and the trigger break, and it lets me know was the muzzle pointing in the original direction when the trigger broke as when I started to press it. So it, it sort of gives me that instant feedback that, yes, I did it right, or nope, didn't quite do that one right, do it again better. And it's really neat. It, it's not it's not a perfect program. It's not a perfect device. But for slow dry fire, it works well. And for slow live fire, it'll work well, too. Apparently, it doesn't track anything. Like, you have to wait at least a half second between shots. So, you, yeah. Yeah, so you wouldn't be... It wouldn't be any good for, for tracking, uh, you know, double taps and stuff like that in IPSC. Sorry, controlled pairs mm. in IPSC, but... Do you think it's going to encourage you to do some more dry fire? Yes, and that's another thing, another point that I wanted to bring up is that even if it's not the best thing in the world, it encourages me to get my gun out because I want to play with it and I want to practice. And I was watching a review video by somebody else. I don't remember his name. I should have remembered it just to give him a shout out. But he said this: the, the device is going to be really good for a new shooter. And I, I mean, and I found that right, right away. As soon as I started playing with it, I knew that I wasn't going to get a whole lot of benefit out of it because I already know how to press a trigger properly. I'm not mm-hmm. limp wristing. I'm not breaking, you know, my shots high and right. I'm not pulling the trigger to the side. I'm not anticipating recoil. So that's, it's not going to be able to teach me those sort of things and, and help me improve on that. But what it does do is it makes me want to impress it. Whenever whenever I'm shooting with friends or whenever I'm shooting in a match, I want to shoot well because I want to impress those people who are watching me, right? Everybody does that. Whenever you're in a competition, you want to impress those who are standing around. Well, I, nobody's standing around when I'm dry firing, but that little device is watching. And I want to, I just want to, I want that feedback. I want it to say, good shot, good job, or, you know, put that bullet hole in the middle. Like it, uh, it, it gives you an indication as to where your bullet probably would have gone had it been live. And it, it makes me want to do better. And so I concentrate a little bit stronger. I, I, I tighten my grip a bit more. I focus on my breathing. I focus on the sights. I focus on my trigger press just that much more. It's, it's like somebody's there standing watching me. So it encourages me to get my gun out and dry fire more, and it forces me to do it properly. So it, those, in those two regards, it's definitely a plus, even for an experienced shooter. And for an inexperienced shooter, it's going to be a huge plus because it really does. Like, I, I intentionally slapped the trigger. I intentionally pulled some terrible shots just to see if it would um, diagnose it properly. And mm-hmm. it seemed to. Every Anytime I did something, I said, okay, I'm going to do this, and I would do it. And the device said, yep, you did that. So I was like, oh, well, that's pretty cool. It actually, it, it, it's diagnosing the, the improper trigger presses 
at least the ones that I've done so far properly. It'll be interesting to see how it does live fire. I haven't shot any live ammo through it yet, so that'll be something I'm doing again uh, this week sometime. So I'll build a report back on that next week, hopefully. And yes, there Very will cool. be a full review video coming out on YouTube uh, when I'm done getting all the footage and playing with it. So, but what's, anyway, the, what's the price on those things, Matthew? Uh, 150 US. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, mm. it's not super uh, expensive, and it comes in like this mini Pelican case. So you can like it, it's it, the quality of the packaging astounded me. I was really impressed with the and a lot of people are like, well, who cares what the packaging like? But to me, it's kind of like when you get a new knife, you look at the sheath to see what kind of knife it's going to be. If they put a lot of thought and effort into the sheath, they probably put a lot of thought and effort into the actual knife. And it's kind of the same thing. They put a lot of thought and effort into the the packaging, and they put a lot of thought and effort into the device too. Uh, no. Somebody didn't mute their mic, Brian. Hello. Hello, Brian. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Somebody. Somebody didn't mute their mic. Oh, uh, I might have to. I might have to get one of these. The it's price pretty neat. Is so good. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna you bring it out west the, when I the... come this summer. So. Yeah. Well, I'll wait. I'll wait for. I'll wait for you to bring it up. Yeah. yeah. Um. Now, Matt, have you tried it uh, with live fire yet? So yeah, so thank you for for paying attention while I spoke. No, I'm uh, sorry. I haven't. Uh, I may or may not have been dealing with my kid. So yeah, we know we heard you actually because you didn't mute your mic. So oh, there's that. Yeah. Um, well, crap. Yep. Yeah. Uh, just like that. Um, uh, have you tried it on a long gun yet? Yes, I have. I tried it on my PAR, and you in the in the app that you download onto your your device to to pair with it. Um, you can choose the type of firearm that you're using with it. And so I can only assume that they've they've actually tested each different firearm and, and gotten the proper algorithm for each trigger press uh, detection and whatnot. Um, and yeah, I threw it on the PAR and I just called it a Troy AR, which it basically is. And it, it did it did just fine. It, uh, again, tracked the trigger just the way... And, it, and the really cool thing is it doesn't... It doesn't detect like you racking the slide or pumping the action or 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 anything like that. It only diagnoses actual trigger presses. So how they've oh. managed to do that is some sort of black magic, I'm sure. But they did yeah, a really good job. I was going to ask you how uh, how your pumping technique was being analyzed, and it, <laughs> yeah. that was good. <laughs> it doesn't actually analyze that. So, uh, but one of the cool things that apparently it's going to one of the upcoming updates, if I understood correctly, is it's going to have a live track where you can just turn on your phone and turn on the device and it will tell you what you're doing for as long as you want, not just when you press a trigger, so before and after. So you could diagnose um, things like uh, the springs in your, in your the recoil springs in your handgun and in your rifle and stuff to see if there's too much muzzle dip or, or not enough and, and kind of tune it that way. So that'll be a, a really cool uh, tool to have as well. Nice, yeah, and that's basically a software upgrade, correct? Yes, that's it. The device yeah. itself just has accelerometers and gyroscopes, I think, in it, and then all it does is it sends data to the phone, and the phone does all the diagnostics. So they can update the app, which you can just get on the i uh, Google. What, what is it? The Play Store or whatever? iTunes. There I we play. go. Is it, yeah, Google Play, and what's the other one for Apple? iTunes. Is it iTunes? Yes. Do you download apps, the App Store. I don't know. Whatever. I'm not an Apple guy. <laughs> So wherever you get wherever you get your apps, yeah, they'll just update the app, and you'll just update your phone, and then it, you have the new the new updates, whatever they do. So it's it's really neat. I mean, it's forward forward thinking and uh, you know forward compatible with updates and stuff. So that's kind of neat. But anyway, yeah. I really like it so far, and mm. I will uh, I'll continue to give updates on it and watch for the video when it comes out. 
And uh, the last thing I want to talk about is storing guns in vehicles. I have always been under the impression and the understanding that if a firearm is in a vehicle, it's considered in transportation. And so if it's being transported and the vehicle is not being used, it's just considered an unattended vehicle. And so the, the laws for an unattended firearm and an unattended vehicle come into play, which is firearm has to be unloaded, the vehicle has to be locked, and the gun has to be out of sight. And there's a bunch of other little things too if you have cars that don't lock and things like that. But that's, that's the gist of it. Um, on my blog, uh, Gunning for the Truth, I got a comment recently where somebody sort of called me out on this and said there's actual case law where if you leave your guns in your car, like for instance overnight or for an extended period of time, they consider that in storage instead of in transportation. And the gun's supposed to be trigger locked and and um, stored in accordance to the storage laws. So firearms, yeah, have to be trigger locked and the ammunition would have to be stored separately or in the same locked case. And that's that's surprising to me because I didn't know that that had ever gone to court and had been challenged and had a ruling on that. And I didn't get I didn't get specifics, I didn't get details, but just the fact that somebody brought that to my attention sort of slightly worries me and it has changed the way that I keep my firearms in my vehicle now. So they're actually trigger locked now and all the ammo is in the glove compartment instead of in the gun case with them. So um, I just wanted to pass that on just in case other people were under that same impression as that I was that just because the gun's in the vehicle, it, you know, it would fall under the transportation laws. But apparently that may or may not be the case. Like, like I said, I have no confirmation of this, just this one guy on the internet who said it's differently. But, you know, it's it's definitely cause for concern and gives makes you pause and think about uh, what you're doing and hopefully, you know, staying inside the confines of the law. So I don't know. Have you guys heard anything on this in the past? No, well, I'm in yeah. a real urban environment here, so I'm not gonna. I'm you not gonna keep anyway. guns in my yeah. car, anyways. Yeah, yeah. But. I, you know, um, I'm not 100 percent sure what the the law is exactly either, and I think you're probably best to lean. If you're not sure, then lean to the more stringent storage requirements. It's kind of like what you're doing, Matt. It's yeah. you know, yeah. be safe. Yeah. I guess the the three of you are all in pretty urban areas, so you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have a firearm in the vehicle on a semi regular basis like I do. I There's can neither really confirm. Need. I I wouldn't tell you if I did. Yeah, so. of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no coyotes to blast downtown in Edmonton, so right. no. Yeah. Hey, you might be surprised. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, and it's yeah, not cougars, coyotes. Right, my yeah, mistake. coyotes. Yeah, okay. So, Oops. anyway, Lots any other cougars. listeners out there who who know anything about this? Again, Moving feel free on. to write in. Let us know uh, what your experience is on that. So, that's that's. I guess that's what I did. That, that, there you go. That's your your cue there, Brian. It's your turn to oh, do something else. Oh, that's right. I'm supposed to. Uh, line. Yeah, the line line, please. Yes, upcoming events. The seventh annual Canadian Podcasters Charity Shoot that's being held on Saturday, July eighth at the Guelph Rod and Gun Club. Uh, that's confirmed uh, in Guelph, Ontario. It's hosted by the Canadian Patriot Podcast and the International Liberty or Death Podcast. And this year's charity is Many to One. Cool. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, now, uh, Matt, are you coming out for that? You the bo- yeah, yeah, I'm coming out for the charity shoot. Okay, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember. Definitely. What you guys- and Kelly will be there because basically in her backyard. Yeah. And we're hoping Adriel might be there too. Five hour drive. Yeah. Okay. That's basically and in your backyard. I, I drove five hours last week to write a 15 minute test. So <laughs> that's true. Yeah. That's true. And I drove five hours to go to your charity shoot last year, Kelly. 
Yeah. I know. You I got feel... up so early. Thank you. Yeah, it's kind of normal. <laughs> yeah. uh, who wants to cover the next one? Well, I will. It's There's still four spots available for day one of the Alberta Pistol Course, which is July 15th. Uh, you can just email the show, slamfireradio.gmail.com, if you want in on that. I can take the next one. So the second annual Ronnie DeGroote Steel Challenge is at the Restigouche Gun Club June the 3rd at 10 a.m. Just show up at the Restigouche Gun Club. It's $20, and you need 250 rounds. And the Steel Challenge, uh, there's going to be Steel Challenges and Shoot-Off competitions. So it should be fun times. That's an incredible deal. 20 bucks for, 20 bucks. for that many stages. Yeah, that's incredible. I, I um, just thought of something, though. Um well, technically, I booked a room with Christine, not with Trevor, so I may still have a place to sleep when I go. Yeah, you'll be all right. I don't know. I don't think he you hates know. you very much. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> there's there's the ski place there, right? You can actually go and camp in one of the yurts there. They have yurts, so go and camp there. I'm not, I'm not really Aww. a yurt guy. I'm not, oh, yurt, I'm not yurty. No... No, I... It's better no. than a tent. Maybe. I okay. don't know. We'll see. We're going tent. Uh, I may have to be... Yeah. Well, we've got some time to smooth things over between then and now. Yeah, it might be all right. I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Awkward. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Awkward eating Cheerios. All right, the next one we have here is the CAPS Use of Force Training. This will be $400 plus taxes. Uh, this is with Dave Young, October 14th and 15th in Dalhousie, New Brunswick. Go to caps-training.com to register today. Uh, they're also coming to Grand Prairie June 28th and 29th. They need a minimum of 10 people to join before April 28th. Okay, and from Jason Philip, uh, the BTSA, that's the Buffalo Target Shooters Association, uh, they are having some young gun shoot contests in Calgary, Alberta at Sibold Flats. Uh, April 22nd, Easter Bunny shoot, October 22nd, Pumpkin shoot, and September 30th, Turkey shoot. And finally, on December 31st, the Snowshoe shoot. Uh, so contact Nick Louie or sign up on Facebook, and I guess the Facebook link will be in the show notes. No, no, read the whole number out. No, nope, not doing that. Two eight no, two I'm not... five two four nine three eight eight three four five seven. Now right. I'm going to blame Jason on this so that he's listed October before September. Maybe his calendar does that, but no one else's does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> OCD much? Must be. Yes. <laughs> I'll take Ryan McLeod. So Ryan McLeod has uh, sent us this. It's the Meaford Long Range Challenge, Steel Challenge, a PRS match that will be running on September 1st to the 3rd. It's going to be at Canadian Forces Base Meaford. Registration opens on May 1st at 10 a.m. And you can go and follow them on Facebook for more details and a grow- quickly growing sponsor list. Check it out. Yeah, Brian, again, this is this is you. Why, why do I have to do all of them? Why, why do I have to do all of them? You're the lead uh, host. You, hey, you can... Um, you can tell someone else to read it. Yeah, yeah, but you you got to keep the show going, man. Matthew, read the last one. Don't tell me what to do. You're new here. <laughs> when it's, it, what? Yeah. Ragnarok Tactical is running a carbine operator course at the Guelph Rodden Gun Club, April 22nd. The cost is $176, and you can get more info at ragnaroktactical.ca good luck spelling that uh-huh. absolutely okay in the news adriel lead us off please awesome yeah i'll bring these in 
Uh, the first one that I have here is that Western Metal has magne- uh, Magneto Speed cronies on sale. Uh, so normally your, your chronograph is uh, uh, a stick deal. You throw it out in front of your gun, and maybe you'll shoot it, maybe you won't. Uh, these are kind of like a... How would you even describe the shape of them? They strap to the barrel, like the, the muzzle of your gun, and they go out in front of it, and they measure like right right near the um, uh, near the muzzle. And uh, they are a really slick setup. So if you need to chronograph your rifle often, um, actually, you know, if, when I use the chronograph, my range is not great for a chronograph because right in front of the uh, pad, there's a bank that goes down. And then uh, so it's, it's actually actually kind of hard to get to even fit a chronograph in there. Whereas something like this, you just strap it to your barrel and, and you're off to the races. So very cool. Uh, How chronograph. does it work? Uh, it's, I think it's, it's got a it's got a sensor majiggy that is oh, hanging it's sensor out with the, yeah you need no. underneath and in front of your muzzle how how technical do you need to understand this just by magnets using, yeah uses magnets uh, people, oh, I'm looking I, at a picture of it now okay so interesting so it obviously has figured out how to discount the muzzle blast. Because mm-hmm. I know a regular chronograph, if you stand too close to it, the ejecta that uh, comes out behind the bullet will actually screw up the sensors, and you have to be so far back, or else uh, it will it won't read properly. So what, you've obviously you don't, figured that out. You don't think your pistol shoots three thousand feet per second? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, I, I would assume if it's called magneto speed, it uh, it probably is detecting the metal in the projectile. Oh, because yeah, magnets and lead go together well. Well, I'm guessing. I don't know. I'm an engineer, not a scientist. Yeah, you should know these things. <laughs> I, if I cared, I would. I, I don't, so I don't. No, but but they are. Uh, I know some people who I I think very highly of uh, are are really experienced uh, marksmen, and they swear by them. So uh, I think they're a pretty good deal. Um, yeah, long yeah. range guys use the the heck out of them because you're like if your if your weather changes, you need to see if uh, if your velocity changes, and that might change your drop as well. So, um, guys who are, who are out and test their ammo often and, and always want like lots and lots of data, this, this is definitely the crony to have. Yeah. And using our conventional crony is a bit of a pill because you have to make sure the bullet is passing over the sensors properly. And this is strapped to your barrel. It can't miss. Mm-hmm. So, and you're less likely to put a hole in it. Absolutely. Unless you're, unless you're, unless you've attached it incorrectly. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. 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 It goes around the outside of the barrel, not inside the barrel. That's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, look, I jammed this thing into my barrel six times, and I still shoot it every time I press the trigger. <laughs> yeah. Never again. Yeah. Uh, the next one I have here is uh, is it Crafum? C R A F M. That's the sure, uh, yeah. that's the the retailer. Uh, they've got the new Vortex Diamondback Tactical three to nine by forty scopes. Uh, so these have an exposed uh, turret uh, on them, so that you can dial in your uh, you know, your drop or your windage, and uh, they're kind of neat. They're uh, they're on sale for three ninety nine. Uh, the next one. Hey hey, I, I got to interrupt. Know. I got to interrupt. Oh, yeah. I uh, I went and read the how it works on the magneto speed thing. It, it's okay. it's a metal detector, and oh really? Huh. Yeah, it's just a metal detector, and so apparently you can metal detect lead. I didn't know that, but apparently you can. And uh, that's what it does. It it has sensors that are basically metal detectors, and it just guesses or it uh, it senses when it hits the first one and when it hits the second one, just like any other chronograph. So, that's and you cool. can ap- you can apologize to me anytime now. That'd be fine. That's not gonna just... happen. 
All I'm going to say is I was right, and we'll move on. There. <laughs> uh, now, the next one I have here, um, uh, Calgary Shooting Center has these Butler Creek 25-round A17 mags. So this is the Savage A17. I didn't know that Butler Creek was even making these things. So if you if you need to uh, to put a whole bunch of firepower into a 17 HMR, uh, yeah, you can get 25 would. rounders. Oh yeah, this is. I mean, hello. Using the 10 rounders. It would yeah, cost really. about six hundred dollars to fill one of those 25 round A17 mags. <laughs> yeah, it'd be 17 fun. HMR is pricey, but uh, it'd be fun, and you'd you'd kill some gophers. That would be awesome. I should get one of those A17s and some of these mags just for the gopher hunt this summer. And then so mm. I'll sell it to you for just 10% more than I bought it for. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a good a deal, right? I mean, I touched it and all, so it has yeah, to bring up yeah, the value. That's value. Yeah. Can you sign it, too? Can you, like, I carve will. your name into it? I could it, lick it for you. No. Maybe embed a penny into the stock, whether that's the year of your birth. That would, oh, like, definitely raise the value. Yep. <laughs> just, just put that penny over a torch and just drop it right onto the stock. It'll melt its way right in. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a that's a value. Well, you know, you may, might maybe you'd want to do that to the next uh, firearm we're talking about here. Corwin Arms had some Yugo M48 Mausers for five hundred bucks, like right around five hundred bucks. Some of them were four seventy five, some were five twenty five. They're all gone. They're gone like a day. I can't believe they're selling Mausers for five hundred bucks, even Yugo Mausers for five hundred bucks uh, today. So. Uh, everyone who was uh, who was on CGN and was quick to the draw, lucky guys. And pl- please don't put a penny in the stock with the <laughs> birth year, with your birth year in that. <laughs> um, this uh, this next one here, I don't know if this is going to apply to all Bushnell scopes or if they're just like picking and choosing which ones they're having. But they're uh, they're moving to a lifetime. Doesn't matter what you're going to do to it. Kind of a warranty. Um, so they're like Vortex had a, had a lifetime warranty and, and a lot of people love it. And, uh, and these guys are, are moving to one of those as well. They call it their no questions asked. So it get burned or destroyed or whatever. It doesn't matter. They'll, they'll replace it. Uses it as a hammer. <laughs> Use it as a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the, like most people aren't abusing, abusing no, their scopes. It's, it's just, it's just really like. What happens if the reticle goes off, or what happens if the uh, uh, the erector set inside gets all messed up, right? And I think that's a lot of that's uh, um, the the quality of work that goes into the scope itself. Is and that so long as you uh, do is that lifetime? Job, is is the lifetime warranty backwards compatible for the rest of the scopes that are out there? I didn't I didn't look into it enough so to to know. Probably just so the I new ones, I would imagine, huh? I would imagine. You'd so. almost think that they would not uh, expose themselves to that much liability. <laughs> you would think. Yeah. yeah. Here, I've got a box of broken scopes that I picked up at gun shows. Here, I'm gonna. Here, I've been saving for this some. moment. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean that that uh, that Dylan Square deal, like we. I, it was a it was an inexpensive used one, and Dylan like completely redid it for us for free. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, some Dylan, companies Dylan, do that. Yeah, Dylan is a freak in the industry, like a good freak. They're fantastic to deal with, but uh, yeah, they do stuff that nobody else would even think of doing when mm-hmm. it comes to warranty stuff. Yeah, it's nice yeah. to be able to stand behind your product, though. Yep. Yeah. Yep. People, people will buy it. So the next story is something that I've put in. It's been on pretty much every place you can think of facebook 
social media all over the place. It is, I just thought we should probably talk about it because it's been in the news so much. It is the a young person is shot every day in Ontario. It was the study that was put out by sick kids. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think of that? Big crock is what that was. They included. <laughs> well, was it even they what they included in the study? They I know. Included people up to age 24 and called them children, and they also included things like paintball wounds. I put wounds yep. in quotes as a gunshot wound. <laughs> like that's gonna skew stats when you get millions of people shooting each other with paintball guns every weekend. Like, come on. It's it's yeah. it was nothing more than yellow journalism, people trying to scare people into thinking that guns are bad again and that people are getting if if what were they saying? How many kids were getting shot a day? No, it was it was one a day. It was three hundred and fifty five kids so, got uh, shot uh, last year. Okay, so whenever somebody gets shot legit, what happens? It's in the news nationwide. Right. Do you see yep. nationwide news of a child getting shot every single day? No. So as soon as I saw that headline, like before I even read the article, I was like, this is crap because I know what happens when a child gets shot with a firearm in Canada. It's freaking nationwide news. So it's right. a mm-hmm. bunch of, oh. I, so I, go ahead. Uh, what scares me is, is the stuff they would include, like we said, because it literally, it was like Nerf guns was yeah. included as a, if someone, if someone got shot in, shot the, shot eye. in the eye with, with yeah. a Nerf gun. Scratch the cornea. And, whoop. Gunshot yeah. wound. Exactly. Like. <laughs> How how can someone be that bold to put that crap and and call it something, what it clearly wasn't? Like right. it's just it's beyond lying. I don't know if there's is lying to the nth degree or something like yeah. that. Is, is there a certain? There's got to be a special place in a certain hot criminal location <laughs> where people, for people can end who up do for things like this. It was yeah. it was flat out lying. It was flat out deception. It was nothing more than people trying to to you know spread the anti-gun propaganda yeah yes but sadly yep. everybody's gonna believe it who reads it well not everybody well, yeah, it was, but anybody not everybody not anybody who's anybody who's not informed is gonna believe it that is correct drives me nuts. and it was it was covered by your by uh most of the mainstream like cbc just flat out covered it and yeah and said, oh, of like course. yeah there's because yeah, they they, they want to believe CBC wants it to be true, so they're going to post it right away. With and they'll never post a retraction. Oh, or, or if any, they do, it'll any... be in like super fine print on the back cover yeah. of some obscure magazine somewhere. There was a no. little bit of backpedaling, but no, there was no. nothing that was a tr- retraction I, at all. I I got to tell you guys, and and it's lucky my kids are alive because we had a, a family get together in January, and there was four or six kids downstairs with Nerf guns just going to town on each other. Holy cow! <laughs> How did you put up like, with that sort of bloodshed? Well, violence. Oh, luckily, I, I have it. I had a tourniquet, and it, yeah, but that's, that's all. I, sa- I saved some lives from those Nerf discs. God, good save, uh, man. Uh, good save. The other thing that bugs me a lot is that they would consider someone who's twenty-four years old a youth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, no. That's and, an, and that's, as a per- that's an adult. Yeah, and yeah. and as a parent, no, my kids when they're twenty four are not going to be youth. They have to get the heck out of my house. That's, that's right. That's <laughs> before then, just get if you're out. old and enough 25. to vote. If you're old enough to vote, you're not a child anymore. No. Yeah, no, that's yeah. If you're old enough to be in the military, yeah, yeah, you're not a child anymore. That's that's not how that works. So yeah, it it that irked me this week, and I so I decided to not pay much attention to it because I, I it was harming my calm. Are you yeah. better now? No. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you put it in the Remington. 
Oh, I got that one. I didn't know that these things were going to be that cheap. Uh, so Calgary Shooting Center again. They've got the Remington RP9s, and they're five seventy nine. That is like RP9s, that new pistol that doesn't that's, work. Yeah, that's yeah. Remington's new take on the. So every like everyone and their dog came out with a polymer striker fired pistol this year. It seems. Remington's and uh, like, hey, Remington guys, came out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, every, everyone did, right? And uh, and they came out with theirs, but most of them have been right around the six hundred plus range. And this one's five seventy nine in Canada. That's low. It like is. that's that's below the MMP. That's well below the Glock. And uh, yeah, that's so. Yeah, it's like half so, the price of a Glock. <laughs> so we know they're low cost. We don't know if they're good value. Is no. that correct? Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not yet. There, I, th- I was reading in that thread there, and, and they were saying that they had one as a range gun, and they hadn't had any stoppages with it just yet. Well, that's good. Um, yeah. So you know, maybe it's uh, uh, maybe it's going to be a hidden value. Who knows? There's there's just so much competition in this uh, in this market though for that polymer striker fired pistol. So, do you think yeah. that there's going to be some cheaper Remingtons on the market for the next little while? Well, they're just maybe. trying to make back some of the money that they're paying out. I don't know. Well, and and their 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 attempt with the R51 was uh, was just not it, it just didn't work. So uh, so maybe they put the design work into this one, and they're they're coming out with a low price to uh, to take back more of the market again. Right. Maybe. We'll okay. see. Yeah. yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Who knows? Uh, the next one here was uh, NAS guns. They're blowing out their uh, ground power K100s. Um, they're having a real time hard hard time finding magazines though. So these are these are just coming with one mag, but they're four ninety nine, which is pretty cheap for for what those are. Oh yeah, for that kind of money, you just buy two and then you get two mags. You're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> one for each hand. <laughs> Why reload? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Wait. All right, that's mine. Matthew, what? I I posted this here, but it was sent to you, and I think that you posted it on our Facebook page. The warning shots. Yeah. So apparently, warning shots are uh, are, are back in vogue. Okay. We, why? <laughs> they. I don't think they really are. But uh, there's. I, I I only skimmed through the article, but the gist of it was. There are, with the apparent rise in uh, police-related fatalities, they're relooking at the warning shot to. There is no so like there's an apparent rise in police-related shooting. There is no rise in police-related shootings. Police-related shootings have been static for years and years. But what's Uh, but like like I think that people think that it's 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 yeah because it's. it's getting more media coverage when That's it happens. It. That's exactly and it. More yeah, it's outrage. just more coverage. But yeah. but regardless of the fact, because more people are hearing about this sort of thing, they're saying, well, why don't we just give warning shots? And and apparently somebody thinks this is a good idea. Um, it really isn't, though. And, yeah, I'm the first to say that this time. Um, they they quoted Masada Ayub like the, in the article, and... Um, even I mean, Mossad basically just said flat out, "Look, if deadly force is justified, you should probably just apply deadly force." <laughs> There's no sense in not. So if you're if you're shooting your gun, somebody might get killed, de- regardless of where you shoot it. Accidents happen. So if you're shooting your gun, that's deadly force. Don't do it unless you intend to, you know, save your life or save somebody else's life. You know, because that's the only reason to shoot your gun is to save somebody's life, typically your own. But um, yeah, 
it's uh, it's not really a good idea. But it was it was funny. It's it's on NPR, National Public Radio, I guess. Um, so it's pretty you know nationwide in the U.S. and saying that warning shots are a great idea. Anyway, obviously because of my nickname, I got a bunch of listeners sending it to me. But uh, Charlie Foxtrot was. Uh, <laughs> was the first and so a big huge shout out to charlie foxtrot for thinking of me when he saw this and sent it my way so Mm. yeah i'll take the next one i promised that we would talk about it tonight on the podcast it is referencing there was a uh, a robbery basically police in Kelowna are searching for two men believed to be armed with guns after robbery in west Kelowna sporting goods store on wednesday RCMP say the two men entered the store at around 3.30 p.m. and stole several firearms. Uh, They believe one of the men was carrying a gun at the time. The The two, along with the stolen goods, escaped in a red pickup truck that was parked out front. The truck, which was also believed to have been stolen, was later found torched in the area of uh, Glentry Road shortly after the incident. So, yeah, this is somebody that his 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 livelihood was. It's an outfitter store in West Kelowna. They walked in, stole a bunch of guns. We posted on our Facebook page a picture that has the list of the guns that were stolen and also the st- serial numbers. So have a you know a watch for them, and yeah, report them if you see them. Hmm. Yeah, not uh, good. I now I'll throw out that these are. These are two or – was it two or three people? Or do we know the number of, of criminals that were involved in this? Mm, just what's in the news. Yeah, okay. So anyway, they so it, it was an armed robbery. So if, if you are suspecting that you know who these people are, contact yeah. the police. Don't go and try and confront them because it probably might not end well. No. Police are saying they're armed and dangerous, obviously, if they have guns. So yeah. they're willing to use them in a robbery. Yeah, so. not good, not good at all. Mm-hmm. Um, l- luckily, the uh, store owner wasn't harmed. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, so could have been really bad. Mm-hmm. Brian, you're cool. up. All right, uh, <laughs> we on to the. Are we ready for the main topic, folks? Yeah, I think sure. so. I think so. All right, cool. So the main topic, as I have been told, I, I'm in charge, but I don't get to pick the main topic, so it is what it is. Um, preparing <laughs> for the upcoming season. Now, I'm I'm gonna say that that's the upcoming shooting season since this is a gun podcast. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. Competitive shooting season. All right. Cool. Um, Who wants to jump on what they're doing to prepare for the upcoming season? Well, I went out and got myself an expensive training aid. Uh, wait, no, that was sent to me for free. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> you already said it won't help you. It'll help other people. Well, no, it'll still help me. It just won't help me as much as it would help a new shooter. It'll still help me because it's going to encourage me to train more often. But uh, I would have hopefully started to do that soon anyway. So actually, I did one of the biggest things that I can do to uh, prepare for the upcoming season, and that is I sent in my uh, membership fee for Ipswich, New Brunswick today. So I'll actually be able to be allowed to shoot in the matches. So that's a that's a good first step for people who are shooting in organized events is make sure your membership dues are paid. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the time of year where we're starting to get ready. So I go through my gear, I check my mags. I, I remember that I broke one at the end of last season, which is why I was talking about buying some new mags. So I'm buying some new gear. 
Um, you know, make sure the the guns work and take it out. Start doing some dry fire. Start doing some live fire. Start thinking about where I'm going to get ammo, and that should be fairly easy. I'll be getting some uh, X Metal Targets ammo because I uh, I like that stuff, and uh, I know a guy who's a dealer who lives close by, so I'll be getting that. Um, yeah, he who must not be named, apparently. We'll yeah, just, we'll, well just call him Voldemort for the rest of the show. How about that? Uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> there's there's similarities. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, he's old and evil. Yeah, <laughs> but um, he he actually brought up some good points before, uh, but earlier when when he found out what the show topic was going to be, and he was he was talking about things like if you're getting new gear, well, make sure you get out and try your new gear before you get to a match. You know, no, no, try with your try, new stuff. Try it at the match. That is the best way to shake it out. <laughs> it really isn't. Especially your scope that you haven't sighted in. Yeah, don't Just sight in your scope for heaven's sakes. That'd be terrible. Probably don't this, do, you got to have some sort of mystery. Make it fun, right? Yes. Well, yes. Uh, uh, maybe a little bit uh, seriouser on uh, on testing out your equipment. If you're going to run a semi-automatic shotgun in 3-gun, don't take it to the match without shooting at least... 300 <laughs> rounds through the thing. Through it. Like, yep. take it out, bust a whole box of clays with it. Um, if it's one of the ones that needs break-in, some, like shotgun, uh, semi-auto shotguns, a lot of them need uh, need to wear against uh, each other a little bit in the parts in there. So you may need to take out some 3-inch Magnum shells and uh, kind of work it in a little bit. Um, and then, and then yeah, run your 2 and 3 quarter. Make sure that the ammo you're going to use at the competition cycles in your shotgun because some shotguns, uh, if you know, just won't run the lighter target stuff, and you'll get to the range and uh, uh, for the match, and you'll find out that your shotgun doesn't like the ammo, and that is uh, as a frustrating place to be. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I think that can that can be said for just about any ammunition and gun pairing. You really should test it out to make sure everything's going to work fine, uh, whether it's hand loads or factory loads. Um, you know, it, and you know, spend some time being familiar again with your equipment. I mean, if if you've been because it's winter up in Canada, some of us don't shoot very much in the winter at all. Don't just plan to get out and start rocking and rolling at a competition, and you haven't really even handled your firearms again because you, you just need to get familiar again with how that stuff works. Yeah, if if I could, uh, if I could give one recommendation, uh, if you got some buddies with you, uh, try doing some clearing and some remedial drills. Because that that muscle memory like fades quick over uh, over the winter and and you get to your first match and you you get a double feed and <laughs> it'll take it'll take you a long time to figure out what's going on and to fix it and if you if you train like a, a you know a, a little bit just before your your match you'll be infinitely more successful in clearing those stoppages when uh, you know when they occur uh, so so if you got some friends uh, get some dummy ammunition. Uh, and some em- some empty shells help with, uh, as well for pistol or rifle or, or shotgun doesn't really matter. And uh, have them turn around and and put those guns in those failure modes. Try your uh, try your double feed. Try your stovepipe. Um, you know, try a couple of those uh, standard uh, failures, and then uh, and then give it to your buddy and and have them clear it because just that act of looking at the port, recognizing it's a double feed, and knowing what you have to do, not just getting all dumb and caveman and trying to yank on the charging handle. Uh, you know, it, it, it does a lot. It does so much just knowing what to do. Oh, yeah, tap rack. I've tap seen, rack, you know, the, we, we had uh, we had so many failures at this last three-gun match, and uh, it's because it was cold and, and snowy, right? But you could see who 
Um, you could definitely see who was military because the military guys like have it drilled into them, the uh, the tap rack on uh, on their rifles. Um, but some guys, it, you know, they would just look at the gun and say, oh, it didn't shoot. I wonder why. What's going on? Did I put the magazine in? And they'd be looking at it and looking at it and not doing anything. <laughs> Whereas the other guys were like, ah, tap rack and, and you know, kind of kind of just go for it. So. It's uh, yeah, definitely uh, definitely test for your for your different failures so that when it happens, it doesn't totally throw your stage. It just adds like a couple seconds, and it's like oh, it, was, it wasn't the best stage, but at least it didn't completely ruin your match. Mm-hmm. Brian, yep. you're yes. shooting service conditions, service rifle, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that All seems right. yeah, that seems to be my living and breathing reason to exist right now. Yes. Okay, so living and breathing reason to exist what are you doing in prep for it so that you can have a successful season this year okay well uh, i started by doing something completely unnecessary and buying a new rifle and um, now i'm putting <laughs> optics on it and that's what so that is that's not really necessary to get ready for any particular shooting uh, season um getting like in the winter is a great time to get ammo loaded up for the upcoming yep. season because it's it's nice to load a you know a a bulk of ammo and then it's ready for you to go through the, uh, through the rest of the year. Um, one of the, one of the things that I do as, as soon as I can, I find out what the dates of the events are and get them put on the calendar so I can schedule which events I'm going to go to, which ones I can't and, and that sort of thing and try and kind of work the, the family vacation schedule, the, you know, all that kind of stuff around it. So it's all well and good to say you're prepared for a season of shooting and then, life gets in the way and you haven't planned for it right and you're not actually able to go to any of the events that kind of right. blows um so i mean my calendar right now is pretty much jammed right through to october with life and and or shooting events so um uh, right. between the two I'm trying to find that balance um then more um more specific to my sport i'm uh, i've been spending time doing some reading uh mental management stuff reading uh, lenny bassam again Right. Um, getting getting back into that, um, and I've also been doing a lot of dry fire. Um, yeah, like trying uh, right now, I'm trying to do dry fire uh, pretty much every day uh, with my, with my rifle, both in uh, just in standing and and in, in different positions because I, I have to shoot in different shooting positions for for service rifles, so I got to practice that stuff. Uh, got to work on my flexibility so I can actually get in and out of those positions. Um, and then as, as much as I can, I'm getting out to do practices either with uh, – in, in some type of live fire practice so I can, again, spend some time actually breaking the trigger, uh, seeing how my rifle is is uh, zeroed, making sure that your firearms are zeroed still. Um, even even if you're not getting a brand-new gun for the start of the season, you haven't picked up your rifle, say, or or whatever else you're, you're using since uh, since last fall – you got to check the zero, make sure it's it's hitting where you're aiming, that kind of stuff. There may need to be some tweaks. Um, so that that's kind of the, the bulk of it. Um, I'm also working on on fitness, um, just because it's a part of my sport. I'm sort of using that as one of my motivations for fitness. So it's it's kind of a I'm not getting fit for my sport, but it's I'm getting fit for me, and part of it is because my sports involve some level of fitness. So and it'll help your shooting. It will. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's going it's, to. Yeah, it's got yeah. to. Uh, so, yeah. um, you know, and and just, you know, 
reading about the sp- my my shooting sports and just kind of getting my head back in that game. Um, it's but of course you got to find that fine line. You can't mm-hmm. can't overwhelm yourself with it to the point that you get burned out. So, um, like my nationals at the, is at the end of August, early September. So I have to make sure that I'm pacing myself and I don't get burned out in uh, June, July, and I'm not interested anymore. So, right. you mentioned the fact that loading. Winter is a perfect time to load, but if you have yep. a new if you have a new load, you have to go and test it before you load yep. five thousand rounds, right? Um, it's yeah, it's a good idea too. Um, that was that's what smart people do. Um, <laughs> I yeah. I, had, I I got lucky this winter because I I did I looked through my notes and I found my load that my my other rifle really likes, and so I loaded up a bunch of that, and then I bought a new rifle, and my new rifle likes it even more. So giddy up, yay! I I won on that one. So, uh, but yeah, you should you should definitely always if you're coming up with some new combination of powder bullets primers, you should always be uh, getting out and testing that before you go all crazy, um, just because it's it's expensive both in terms of the components and it's expensive in terms of your time, um, you know. Uh, it, but you can do lots of stuff like prep all your brass, especially if you're a rifle shooter. There's there's a fair bit of prep involved in in uh, getting your brass ready to shoot, so you can do that over the winter and that kind of stuff. And and that's no matter what you load that in, you're, you're you can't lose that time. It's there, so you know okay. that's about it. Um, also, you know, keep in if you're buying factory ammo, keep watching for sales and deals, and and uh, so you can find stuff at the best price so that you can yeah. All of us want to spend less money on, yeah, well, that, but we all <laughs> want to spend less money on our hobby, right? We, yeah. Because the less money you spend on ammo, the more ammo you can buy. Does that make sense? Yeah. Or another nice. gun. Or another gun or, you know, other stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've also got some more gear that I picked up this over the winter. I'm going to have to get out and practice with that before I uh, go and, and shoot a match just to... Uh, just magazine pouches, belts, um, that kind of stuff. Just so again, I'm I know what I'm getting into, and I can work out some quirks and go, huh? I need yeah. to tweak this a little bit before I actually go to an event because this is a problem, or this is working really well, and it's great. So, yeah, bit of a mix. Adrian, yeah. what about you? You're doing three guns, so what are you preparing for, or how uh, are you, you preparing? Know, uh, I'm actually taking my mag. So o- over the over the year. Uh, plenty of my mags were dumped in the mud and, uh, you know, during the year I just didn't do anything about it. Just, you know, deal with it mags. Um, but over the winter I've, uh, I've actually taken apart all my magazines and properly cleaned all the dirt and grime and mud out. <laughs> so maybe I'll, maybe I will prevent some misfeeds in the future from jams where there's dust and dirt and mud. Hey, and that kind of mud thing. It's is all a clogging lubricant. them up. <laughs> it is. It is until no. it dries over the winter. <laughs> have, you, have you watched in range TV ever? Have you watched their mud tests? It really is uh-huh. not. It's really not a lubricant, Matt. No, that's not good advice. I reject your reality and substitute. <laughs> Fair enough. I can accept that. Uh, yeah. So I cleaned my I properly cleaned out all my magazines, um, cleaned off some of my uh, shell holders and that kind of thing. Um, properly did a strip clean on my AR-15, which didn't did not, did not get a strip clean over uh, over last year. Is that kind of like strip uh, poker, or a little different? <laughs> <laughs> a little bit different. It's I mean, you're near skill, but <laughs> it depends on how you're doing it. So yeah. works. it could make gun cleaning a whole lot more interesting. <laughs> uh, depending on who's in the room, yes. <laughs> it's a lot dirtier yeah. too. <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> okay, we're trying to keep this PG, Kelly. Let's mm-hmm. leave it. Leave it alone. Yeah, mm. Kelly. Gosh, why would you bring up something like that? <laughs> Kelly always goes in the gutter. It's terrible. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> no comment. Sounds like what there'll a- be a new lead host next week. <laughs> I think I'm, I'm sensing something here. <laughs> what else are you doing? Yep. Anything else? Oh, let's see. Oh, my pistol. I don't need to do anything to. So I didn't do anything on that guy. Uh, my shotgun, I kind of tried troubleshooting a couple of things there. Um, buying ammo, definitely definitely did that. Get some more ammo. I cleaned out my range bag because it <laughs> oh, just all sorts of branches and uh, grass and mud and dirt and all sorts of weird stuff in there. So cleaned it out, organized it. So my first match I'm going to go to, I'm going to have this match bag that's all organized and, you know, three or four matches in, it's just going to be a bag full of garbage. <laughs> I just, just chuck everything in. How long is it going to last? Not long. Not, Not long, long for me. Have yeah. you been doing some quad loading? Oh, yeah. Or uh, just getting into yeah. practice again? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm always, uh, I, I'd, I'd say I practice shotgun loading ah, once every couple of weeks. I'm not... Like if if you watch on Facebook some of the some of the serious three gun guys here in Canada, they've been practicing all winter and they're like slick and fast. And I'm not there on my on my shotgun, um, but you know I I got family stuff and and whatnot to to take care of as well. You have life. Um, yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Life gets in the way of of shooting sometimes. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. I've been selling a bunch of stuff too. I I've been uh, actually sold uh, Trevor some some of my gun gear here. So uh, yeah, cleaning out the closet, getting rid of some of the stuff I don't use anymore, and uh, I've I've got even more. But I might uh, I might sell it at some of the uh, some of the next matches here. Um, organize my gun closet. Um, yeah, a lot of organization, a lot of organization. Well, and, and Adrian, I was going to bring that up too because I, I think throughout the throughout the shooting season, we collect bits and bits of junk or stuff that we don't put away and and that sort of stuff. So it's it's good to start fresh at the beginning of the season and put everything either yeah. if it, if something's got a place, put it in that place, and if something's like, oh yeah, I don't need this broken piece of junk, it's it's really junk. Toss it out. Just kind of get rid of the clutter so you can find the stuff you need. You might find stuff like, oh, hey, I forgot I had that magazine. I you know, that I don't need to go buy two Glock mags because I found another magazine I didn't know I had. So mm-hmm. you can, you know, like that kind of little positives happen. Um, you can also find, a, oh, hey, I bought a new scope, but it's okay. I actually have rings and, and a mount for it already. I don't need to go buy a mount for it as well. So you can save yourself some expense that you might didn't otherwise. Didn't that happen to you? Possibly. Yep. I was really happy. It was all good. I'm like, oh, crap. I'm going to have to buy it. So, wait a minute. There's some stuff that's been in a, uh, up on my shelf for like three or four years. Let me scratch that. Out. Oh, yeah. Giddy up. It's going to work. So it's all good. <laughs> all right, Matthew. Your turn. I already Dipsick. said what I did. No. Pay my fees. Uh, do some dry oh, fire. Yeah. Buy new gear. That's it. Yeah. I mm. Look, I, I don't really compete at the same levels that uh i that other people do so <laughs> i don't take my sport very seriously i do it because it's fun and yeah. i if i do as good this year as i did last year i consider that a success you'll be happy <laughs> yeah oh I'm, yeah i'm actually gonna actually put a little effort in this year i think i might if i have the time i might actually dedicate some time to actually practicing and see if it uh, if it makes any difference or not but 
I don't know. We'll we'll see. Like I said, I do this for fun, so I, I'm not going to do anything that's going to that's going to inconvenience me in any way whatsoever. Well, and and that's I think that's <laughs> how's that for dedication, folks? <laughs> well, <laughs> just well, show no, up Matt, with the heart of a champion, <laughs> Matt. That that is valuable, and and it kind of goes back to my comment about burning out. I mean, as much effort as I'm putting into getting ready for the season and, and shooting, I'm not putting one ounce of effort in more than I want to. That's so, it. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm having fun with it, and you know, I think we got to all remember that that this the these sports that we're involved in, very few of us are doing it on a professional level where it's our job. And if it's not your job, and you don't want it to be your job, or you have no aspirations of it ever being your job, I think it's really important to take a step back, realize you're playing a game, and have fun with it. There, there's no sense in getting all stressed out and all amped up over a game. Yeah. I, I get competition. I get that people are competitive, that they like to win. That's great. Be as competitive as you like. But, you know, take a step back every now and then. And remember, we're, we're just playing a game here, folks. Nobody's nobody's doing this to, to, to live. You know, like it's not like it's anybody's livelihood, at least the people I know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yes, it's everything's a competition. But you know, yeah. at the end of any competition, you sit around with everyone you competed with and you, right. you laugh and you drink an adult beverage and... We're, we're all yourself. friends. Mm, well, well, most of us. <laughs> or if not friends, at least frenemies. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, yes. we're all friends. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. except one. Right. Where? Yeah. yeah. Voldemort. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was talking about me, actually, but, you know. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to correct anybody on this one. I'm just going to let it roll. Yeah, just, just, we'll okay, all cool. assume what so, we need to assume. Okay, so the the three of us uh, guys have all talked about what we're doing uh, to get ready. Kelly, what are you doing to get ready for the upcoming season? What like what what are your plans what am for this season? Yeah, and what are you doing to get ready? I mean, I know you've been just laying around, not really doing much all winter, just kind of putting your feet up, putting no effort into anything that matters to you. That is correct. Tell us what you're up to, Kelly. <laughs> so maple seed has taken over my life, basically. Going to the range a lot. Uh, testing out the rifles is bringing back muscle memory and also the fact that we're going at minus 20 degree weather. So we are dealing with all of those malfunctions that, you know, it's muscle memory again. Uh, getting into the headspace on making sure we're able to shoot a rifleman score at any time because we will be called upon to do that. Um, what else? Uh, cleaning out the closet last week uh, during when Kevin was shooting at the range, my OCD took over and I cleaned out his range bag and also the uh, the ammo can. He, we found some money in the bottom of it, ammo that he hasn't shot for a while, and threw out all the boxes that were empty and everything like that. So my OCD took over, and it's kind of like wait a minute, you went through his range bag? Yeah, yeah. Oh, ammo can. Yeah. Oh, just, no, nobody. Just, no, just no. sorting through everything. It's what I do. Oh, no, twice a, twice a year. You never mess with somebody else's range bag. That's <laughs> that's personal. I mean, come it's on. Like that's, I didn't say that. No, but no, that's just, that's just don't you sticky. don't you like when you go to the range, uh, just hear from them like, honey, where's my multi tool? Where's my squib rod? What, what, how come you hide all this stuff? And it's like, it's all like in a place that makes sense, but he doesn't just know where it is. Every once in a while, he just likes me to organize his stuff for him. Hmm. He gives me tasks sometimes. 
you like stripping so and i can't stand empty boxes and ugh, and half full boxes of ammo it's it just needs to be neat and then garbage has gone but okay yeah if when you come to visit me, Kelly, my range bag is fine and it's off limits. You All right. Cannot, no touch. You can clean the rest of the house. I don't care. I'll, yeah, fill your boots, but yeah, no. The range bag is off limits. Got yeah, well, it. in fact, my whole room here is off limits. And and my wife is fine with that. She says, this is your problem. <laughs> I'm not going to help you with it. So it's all good. All right. Yeah. The- yeah, and just like you, Brian, the other stuff that we've been doing is physical fitness, trying to get physically fit because these days are going to be demanding on us. And to have the cardio, to have the stamina, we're, we got to be physically fit. So, yeah, losing some weight and lifting some bricks is what we're doing. Mental prep, yeah. other than that, not much. That's fair. Yep. That's lots of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, You've got a pretty busy schedule lined up. Already, just from what I've seen released for Maple Seeds, so there's more coming. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm aware of that. Yeah. I mentioned club politics before, right? Oh, there you go. That's uh, there, that's some of that stuff. That, anyway, that's fun. Uh, that's never fun. Sorry about mm, that. Well, no, that's it's actually yeah. No, you guys aren't causing me a headache, so it's all good. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, anything else that anyone can think of that we've missed? Nah. Let's do listener feedback. All right, cool. Um, as lead host, I'm going to select anybody but me to do the first one because I I've got no. I'll go. All right, go, Cal. This is from Justin. He sent it through Patreon, so thank you, Justin. We saw it. Great episode and helped me personally. I never thought about how shooting and relationships are similar. It helped me get over a broken relationship. I never thought about thinking it like that. Thinking of it like a bad shot. All jokes aside, great tips for mental game this episode will definitely give the listeners an edge this season. So, so what he's talking about. Oh, well, that, that, that's a reply to one of our Patreon shows. Exactly. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I guess if other people want to know what they're what he's talking about, they got to be a Patreon and go listen to it. Exactly. <laughs> mental prep, people. <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Okay, I'll take the next one. Okay, before you go any further, let's give a little better background about this. This is from Brianna. Brianna was having a birthday. Her father is one of our Patreon um, Patreonies, and he sent us an email asking if we could make her birthday even more special. He's from the States, and she has some Canadian uh, blood in her, and she's she just loves Canada. So he sent us a message and asked us for a favor to send her some stuff from Canada for her birthday. So you can read now. Okay. All right. So, so wait, well, what did you send her? Well, it's in the. It's oh, it's in the, the thing. thing. Okay. I think, yeah, we can cover it from here. Okay. Uh, so yeah. Brianna, Brianna writes, "Hi, Kelly and Adriel and Matthew and Trevor and Brian. Thank you. Well, she didn't write it to me though. She didn't know I was going to be here. But <laughs> right, well, I'm just adding it in I, for just in case she wanted. Okay, to Okay. Fair you. enough. I I didn't feel left out, Brianna. It's all good. Thank you so much for the best birthday present ever. I love the beaver. I have no idea where you Canadians get your stuffed animals, but I have never felt a softer and more cuddly plush. I've decided to name him Maple. I honestly think that this beaver may be, the, may be better than a moose. I have plenty of moose, but Maple is my first beaver, so he's all the more special. I absolutely love the chocolates, too. Canadian chocolate is way better than American chocolate, unsurprisingly. Chocolate down here doesn't have maple syrup, which is a real shame. It seems that everything really is better a few hours north. 
Thank you so much. It really means a lot that all of you would go through the trouble of sending me such a special birthday present. Thanks for helping make my birthday even better. Brianna. Uh, and P.S. While a few casings, a bottle of scotch, and a 3D printed shot saver would have been an interesting birthday present, thank you for stepping in, Kelly. <laughs> no yeah, problem. Had it been from us, it would have been a little bit different, Brianna. But Kelly, she she knows. She knows how to send proper gifts. So, yeah, that was good good of you, Kelly. I I'm uh, I'm glad that all worked out the way it did, and uh, we're Me happy too. to uh, we're happy to uh, to have provided you with a better birthday, Brianna, and we're yep. glad that you listened too. I think maybe At Absolutely. least your dad does. So hey, Brianna's dad, what's up? <laughs> I think yeah. he's gonna he's gonna make her listen. Oh, or probably let her listen. I would. I'm, let her I'm, listen. Yeah, he probably pre-screens it to make sure it's appropriate. Because well, let's be honest here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hungry for maple syrup now. Oh, I can mm. use maple syrup. Yeah. And scotch. Yeah. <laughs> maple scotch. <laughs> she I probably would have got some scotch if I hadn't stopped, stepped up. <laughs> probably. Yeah. That would be slightly inappropriate. Probably. It would be. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Good. Well done, Kelly. Thank you for fixing that. Oh, All no right. Uh, Matthew, you want to take the next one? From Keenan. Hey, everyone. Recently, I was at a local shop and they had a very well priced. Savage Axis in 2-3 that I caught out of the corner of my eye. So, naturally, I bought it. Then, later on in the week, I was in Kelowna and just happened to stumble into Wholesale Sports. Not sure how that happened. My credit card knows better than to let me go in there. <laughs> anyway, I bought a Remington 870. Woo! First shotgun and first bolt-action firearm all in the same week. Anyway, this made me think on my drive back home about how I would love to hear stories of your guys' best and worst impulse-bought firearms. And that comes to us from Keenan. That's actually a good topic. Mm. I wonder if we should save that one and actually make that like a topic for the show sometime. Or, or can you guys think of some uh, some like best and worst impulse buy firearms? I'm like an avid yes. researcher, so I research <laughs> everything to death. Yeah, so you don't do much it. impulse then, huh? Well, for accessories, I do. So I've I've definitely gone into shops and bought like uh, seen a, a scope or a red dot or a sling or that kind of thing where it's like, oh yeah, that's uh, interesting, and and bought that kind of stuff. Ever had one backfire uh, on you where you look at it and go, that would be awesome, and you get it home and go, man, this thing's junk. Uh, I've had I've bought stuff and just had it sit on the shelf and never use it. Right. Uh, I've got some of those uh, some of those discs that you put in the clays to make them spark or explode oh, yeah, or whatever yeah, yeah. when you throw yeah. the clays. Yeah, you never uh, use those. I'm looking at them on my sh- oh they're they're on my shelf. They've probably been there for five years. <laughs> <laughs> looking at them right now. They actually do work. Uh, I've used them before. They're pretty neat. Yeah. I mean they're not the yeah I mean they're not spectacular, but they are. I mean they're pretty cool. Shoot them at dusk if you can. There we go. Yeah. Uh. I've got a grip pod that I just don't use for anything. Uh, it was really cool. I liked it, and I just don't use it on anything because I can't pack guns in my case very easily with it on. Right. That's and, one of those uh, uh, vertical foregrips that turns into a bipod. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah and and it's good that you don't use that. That's terrible. It's just <laughs> junk. Yeah. It's yeah. Awful. It's not. It's not super mall ninja, but it's getting. The, it's it's going in that direction. Uh, I would say most of the stuff that's sitting on my shelf that I just never use would be like crappy ammo pouches and that kind of thing, like stuff right. that's not competition ready. I've got like some of those canvas ones. I use them every once in a while. If I'm gonna like throw my mags in a in a just a range bag, I'll uh, I'll chuck my mags in there. But uh, for the most part, I don't use them. I have this thing mm. where I hate buying accessories for anything. 
I like buying the actual, like, I love buying guns, but I hate buying, like, slings and stuff. It feels like a waste of money because I want to save my money and buy a better gun. <laughs> but or more ammo. I'm, or more ammo, but, I, I mean, the accessories are important, and they do make your shooting experience more pleasant oftentimes. But uh, I've just got this, like, I've never, I don't have this shelf full of, like, accessories that I just randomly pick up because I saw it at the store. Usually I need something, and I'll go into the store and agonize over the purchase, like, do I really need this? <laughs> and then I'm looking at about it. nine slings. Yeah. Nine slings. <laughs> really? I just counted. <laughs> and that's not even all of them. <laughs> That's yeah, I know, Matt. You, you're you're doing it right because it's really easy, especially with um, modern sporting rifles, to just end up with all kinds of add-on gadgets that yeah. are not useful. Kind of like a, like an AFG, say. Just yeah, I was yeah. just thinking that exact same thing. <laughs> that that's my recent, most recent impulse buy that I regret. It's the AFG from Trevor. Fortunately, it wasn't terribly expensive, so I might even yeah. just give it back to him one day. I probably won't. Though. I'll charge. You him probably twice. should sell it. You should probably sell it back to him for a profit. Yeah, yeah I, I mean. I mean, yeah, Ferengi's and all, right? Everything's yeah. About and, profits. and don't mail it to him. Drop it. Like, so oh, no, I'll him. drive it over. He's waiting for this thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> my my uh, last impulse firearm purchase was the Troy PAR. I remember buying it live on the show. Somebody, I forget, I think Adriel brought yeah. it up saying, hey, these things are available. And I went, really? Click. And it went over and, oh, I'm buying that. <laughs> and so Oops, I bought it. I hit click. <laughs> and it at, yeah. when it first got here i was like oh crap this sucked because you know it turned out to be super inaccurate until i found the right load and now i love it i i it's you know it's probably my favorite firearm right now so um very happy that i that i impulse bought that but uh yeah usually usually i don't impulse anything it's it's ag- agonizingly uh researched like adriel before i pull the trigger so to speak, on uh, on anything. I mean, even these these Glock mags. You know, oh, should I get Magpul or actual Glock? Or I need the uh, the new tr- the new uh, grip for the AR. Still, I, I haven't actually bought it yet. It's in the shopping cart, but uh, haven't actually put in the credit card number. Hmm. And yes, yeah. I'm getting it from Calgary Shooting Center because if you don't shop there, you're a communist. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Yes. Well done. Um, fun. Uh, I think probably. Uh, one of my worst impulse buys um, was probably my uh, Mossberg 930 Jam because um, I really don't shoot three gun. So why did I buy a three gun <laughs> yes. shotgun? Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah, you don't even. <laughs> and, it's like. <laughs> and when I was researching it, I was looking at like at a Mossberg 500, and then it escalated. Yeah, it, like... <laughs> it's funny how that happens sometimes, eh? Well, that escalated yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um, it, you know, maybe my recent AR purchase is also an impulse buy that was not smart, but I'm going to go with it and enjoy it. Nah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you what Trevor's is. I know he's not on tonight, but I can tell you that it was the uh, Norinco or, or Homeland Security or whatever it was, uh, 870 clone. It was a, a 780, and uh, that, that, it actually blew up in one of his friend's hands when they fired it. So Wow. Yeah, we we saw them on uh, for ninety nine dollars, I think, or one ninety nine, or some ridiculously low price, and we're like, whoa! And so we, we bought them right away. Mine turned out to be pretty good. I mean, it, I mean, as good as it could be. But his actually exploded when he pulled the trigger on it once. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that would probably be his. But uh, I won't speak for him. I'm just going to mention that. Mm-hmm. What about you, Kelly? Kelly? Uh, I think the first pistol uh, that I had, which was the Beretta, it just yeah. I took it to New Brunswick with me. I never shot it before. Did the mini Ipsic match 
during the charity shoot, promptly came back to Ontario and sold it. What Beretta was that? It was the uh, Storm. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those aren't great. They're not. No, they're uh, not terrible, but they're not great. They're not a they're good not, first. They're not a good first pistol. No, they're not. From no. the point of view, my hands didn't yeah. fit it well either, yeah. and yeah. So, anyways, it it cool. got sold. Yeah. Hmm. Well, as long as you can yeah. sell it for not much of a loss, then yeah. why not, right? Mid money. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. We, yeah. You're ahead of the game. Yeah. 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 I almost oh. never make money on sales, but anyway. Oh, I, I actually um, the the Partises, I impulse bought those because I how many of you of those do I have? You had five? five. I think I have five. I have five or six of those things. <laughs> so yeah, I've got a whole pile of those. But I think uh, I think I'm still going to come out on top on those. What are those? The Partis. Uh The shot. The semi-auto shotguns. I bought five oh, right. of them, and <laughs> so I've got one in twenty gauge. I got a couple in twelve. I like. Mangled one for three gun. I think I paid two hundred dollars each or something like that. That's there's no ridiculous. way I'm got, there's no so, way I'm coming out of that with with at uh, at a loss. No. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on a minute. You said before that you wouldn't spend fifteen hundred dollars on one good shotgun, but you spent a grand on five crappy ones. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand. Hey, the logic doesn't yeah. have to be sound, but it's still logic. <laughs> Oh, because he uh, can probably sell them for three hundred bucks a piece, make some money, and buy a half decent one. Yes, yeah, and go. the and the Stoger too. Yes, just yeah. I my thought would be do that. Get rid of all the the fluffy crap and buy something good and solid, and then you can focus on that. Bang! I was listening hey. to the to the three gun show this morning, and what was the uh, Breda? Yeah. B- Twelve B twelve I is that it? He was mentioning a competition shotgun that was very similar to an M two, um, that was like, but they don't have them in Canada here. I, I looked. There's there's no one bringing those things in, but that was really interesting as well. Higher quality um, uh, Italian shotguns that uh, that they're kitting out for three gun, completely untested. Maybe not the right move. Probably <laughs> not. No. What could go wrong? Oh wait. <laughs> Yeah. Lots of things. Yeah. Yeah. yeah lot, lots and lots of things. Okay. Cool. Um, okay. So, anybody else got anything that they can think of that no, they. No, that's, yeah. that's, yeah, we're good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, all right. So, if you would like to send the show an email, uh, go ahead and send it to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Who wants to cover this next little tidbit what here? You do. Yeah. Really? I don't know what it is. A bean Perfect. pod. Neither do we. What? What is a bean pod? <laughs> well, it's apparently a... it's the new app for Androids. Okay. What does it do? It gives us reviews. Somebody sent in a review. Oh. 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 Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'll have to load what that is later, and mm-hmm. but I'll probably forget. Yeah. Okay. That that is how that is. Okay. Um. Please leave us. Or well, if you're not using Bean Pod, or if you're gonna go on the iTunes. Please leave us a five star rating. Uh, we have a well. I shouldn't say we. Yeah, we. It's it's we now. One hundred and forty seven yes. five stars so far. Uh, and and leave a review. Um, make it funny, and you might hear it on the show. Actually, if you just leave a review, you'll probably get <laughs> on the show. Yeah, yeah. We've read yeah. we've read pretty much all of them so far. Yep. Uh, and thank you very much for all of you who already have sent in a review. Shout outs. Who wants to jump on their shout outs? Uh, I don't know who put in the one. There's one there for Dan. Oh, that says, must be. 
That's uh, from Baltimore, I bet. Yeah. Skip that one. Yeah. Um, well, I probably, I, oh. Dan probably still listens. So Dan, maybe we Dan can... yeah, Dan should still be thanked for the stripper clips. Yeah. That's true. So. And actually, we sort of, oh, I see the last one. Yeah, we sort of had to read that one, too. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, Brian, Brian, yeah, Brian as a new host, read it. you need to read this. Yeah. I, I will. On behalf of Voldemort himself, to all the listeners for the many years of support, it's been real. It's been nice. But it hasn't always been real nice. So, <laughs> so that's typical passive aggressive. Yeah. You know, that's that's just how things are right now. It's not good. Wow. I'm sure he'll be better later. Well, just like Trevor, you read it wrong, so that's that's good. You're you're fitting into the <laughs> Yeah. You're supposed to read it, it's been real, it's been nice, but it hasn't always been real nice. Cool. See, that's how it comes across properly. I don't you know, I don't want to tell you how to read, but read it better next time. Cool. <laughs> or I'll just get you to do it next time. Now All right. I know why he quit. All right. It was probably me yeah, no, making fun to, of him. For... I'm, I'm starting to feel better about him. He's maybe smarter than I gave him credit for. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Matthew, do you want to cover the Patreon supporters, please? I'd love to. So we got some new Patreon supporters this week. Jason W. sent in 308. We got Keenan sent in 5.5. That's a new one. We haven't had a 5.5 before. Harold A. upped his to six. Is there a 60 caliber? No. 600, 600 nitro. nitro. 600 nitro. Oh, yeah. yeah. And go. then we got Marcel B. sent in five. So that must be 500 Smith & Wesson, perhaps. We got Sean sent, uh, Sean H. sent in 223. Robert K. 223. Craig N. another 308. And Dave W. for 1060. Is 1060 Sweet. a caliber? Uh, it's a Dylan. Oh, oh uh, yeah, dude, Dave, nice. That's that's good. That's job, up dude. in the game. That is at yeah, ten sixty. Wow. I like it. Cool. Yeah, if you want to yeah. be a Patreon supporter, and you can be, uh, just head on over to uh, Patreon.com, I think, and search for Slamfire Radio, or better yet, you can just go to our website and click Patreon. There's a Patreon link right on the front page. Um, and then, yeah, you. It, what it is basically is if uh, if you want to hear some special content and if you want to get sent stickers and patches, you just send a. You set up a. It, it allows you to set up a small monthly donation that allows us to pay for hosting fees and bandwidth and all that other fun stuff. And so, uh, yeah, it's just a. It's a way for us to kind of make the show better for you guys. And hopefully, uh, it's been good. And hopefully, the the extra shows that just the Patreons get to hear have been worth it to those Patreonies. So. Um, they, they are a lot of fun to, to listen to, I think. I, even I enjoy listening to them after the fact. We have a bit more fun over on those ones. It's a, a lot more laid back, a little less serious. So, uh, anyway. If it could ever be. If it, yeah, yeah. More. I mean, this, this was a pretty serious show, this one. I mean, mm-hmm. there was no goofing off on this show. No. no. I don't know. I have no, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's what Patreon is for those of you who don't know. Eh. All right, cool. And all right, obviously, uh, thank you to everybody else who has previously donated. We're not going to go through the list right now, but we do have a list, and uh, you guys are all super appreciative. Appreciated? Yes. Yeah, appreciated. Appreciate. There's a word. Sorry. Carry on. Yeah, and how how are we coming with payments on the corporate jet? Uh, uh, down payment is, uh, you know, in just, what, another 10,000 years, I think we'll have enough? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, cool. Um, So, uh. On a final note, before we leave, uh, please join one of our one or more of our national firearms associations, such as the CCFR or the CSSA. It's important to support those who support us. 
I'm not reading this next line. Forget it. <laughs> I refuse. No. Get shooting. Uh, shoot a three-gun match at a local club, bust some sporting clays, get out hunting, and blast some long-range F-class targets. Also, check us out on Gun Owners of Canada. And like us on Facebook. Currently, we have uh, 1,635 likes. Oh, yeah. And a bunch of other stuff (laughs) that I'm just not going through. Forget it. All right. Yes. Okay, everybody. What? Sign off. We're done. Oh, we're done? Okay. I think we're done. Good night. Is this it? Yeah, this, this is the really awkward ending to go with the rest, the awkward middle, and the awkward, and the awkward beginning. It's all awkward. It's basically well Trevor's fault, though. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.